Hi and welcome to the Advantages Experts podcast where we talk to the brightest minds in business today. I'm your host Dave Agnoni, happy to be joined by sales coach Stephanie Chung. Stephanie, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm wonderful, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. We're certainly happy to have you here. Stephanie, we're going to spend some time today talking about communication, which is a bit of a lost art. Uh, Give us some advice for how salespeople can better communicate and then build relationships with clients and prospects. Well, you know what? It's interesting because I completely agree with you. Communication is the key, and whether it's sales or really, honestly, any healthy relationship, communication's everything. And so, so often what we're taught in sales is, you know, a, a company hires salespeople, they spend a lot of time teaching them about the features and benefits and, you know, how do they stack up against the competition and value propositions and all that stuff. And all that is important, but really what is more important is to teach them how to communicate, how to articulate all that information, and not so much in the, for the purpose of rattling it off, but more so for the purpose of building the relationship, right? Because when you think of sales, at the end of the day, we're just in relationship building business. That's all we do. And so, and through that relationship, we're trying to figure out what do you need and to, you know, does what I have to offer actually help you with what you need? So communication is going to be the key because I have to be really, really good at being able to ask effective questions so I can understand what exactly it is that you need. So how salespeople can be much more effective in communication is really two, there's two steps to it. One, you got to remember that communication is not just about talking, right? So there's three parts of communication. So we have to be able to talk, we have to be able to listen, and we have to be able to watch body language and be aware. But understanding how to communicate based on the buyer's preference is really important. Because, you know, we've all taken different communication tests or personality tests or behavior assessments, and all those things are really important. Um, I use them a lot in my practice. They're super important that you understand how you communicate. But more importantly is how do other people communicate, right? How do you spot their communication preference? Because really when we think about building relationships as sales professionals, we're trying to make the person, the buyer in front of us, it's really about them. So we're trying to make them very comfortable, and the best way to do that is to communicate with them based on their communication preference. And then the second part of that is being able to listen. You know, listening is a lost art, right? 2% of the population is actually formally trained on how to listen. And so as salespeople or anyone in a relationship, um, you know, the key is really to, to listen to people. And at the end of the day, the people that we like the most, and this is just human behavior, we like those people that make us feel really good and you make us feel good by actually making us feel like you're heard us, right, yeah. and that you see us and that you understand us. So communication is really important, but I would say for sure for uh, salespeople, the differentiators, the difference between the good and the great is that the great really know how to zone in on the buyer's behavior and their communication preference, and then they adjust accordingly. You mentioned listening. I do want to spend some time talking about that in a moment, but what, I want to follow up on what you just talked about, this understanding the communication style of a client. How do you know that? Can you figure that out in the first couple minutes of a conversation, or how do you know sort of a client's behavioral patterns so you can better communicate with them? Absolutely. Great question. Yes is the answer to, to your question. You can absolutely be trained on how to understand different buying behaviors, or communication styles, and things of that nature. There's a lot of different types of assessments out there. I personally prefer the DISC assessment, D-I-S-C, okay. because it takes this big communica- thing called communication, and it really just breaks it down into its four primary. So it's, it's easy to articulate, but it's easy to understand. And so for an example, with the DISC, the four different steps, it will teach you 
to be able to spot how someone takes on a challenge or how they work with people. Like, what's their sphere of influence? How do they use people uh, from for a beneficial way, right? Um, how do they influence people to their, per, you know, how they perceive things? It also helps you understand if they're a detailed person or if they're a really laid-back person who likes their environment to be, you know, kind of a more slow, steady pace. So when you have training on how the different communication styles, that also gives you the unfair advantage, right, to be able to spot the different styles. So for an example, for me, when I'm communicating, I'm a person who likes bullet points, high level, don't want to dig into the details, right? I'm just not that girl. But if I'm talking to someone that I know that they actually are the complete opposite, let's say I'm meeting with the CFO or someone in IT or, you know, people who are more prone towards details, well, I have to actually prepare for that because I'm going to talk naturally just in bullet points. But if I'm talking to a CFO, they want to know a lot more details, so I've got to make sure that I'm adjusting. I'm coming, you know, locked and loaded with analytics, details, pie charts, whatever it is that's going to make them feel most comfortable. Because if I don't communicate with them the way that they prefer to be communicated, how it will show up is in words like this. Thank you very much. Let me think about it. Or this is good. Can you send me some information? Or yeah, get back to me in a couple of months. And really all that is is you didn't hear me and it's becoming too difficult to communicate with you. And so I'm going to shut this down. right? And we all do that. So those are the ways that it, it shows up. It's just you're making the buyer be burdensome because you're communicating. One size never fits all. And so if you're communicating with everybody the same exact way, then you're already at a disadvantage. And I always tell people, if you have one proposal, shame on you. If you don't have four different ways that proposal's written or four different ways that you can articulate your product, then you're missing 75% of the population. That's a big number. If I'm a salesperson, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss that many people. I think that's, that's a great point. Uh, I, I want to move on to listening a little bit. This is another area that you touched on that you know, I feel like it's really hard for salespeople. They're eager. They want to get in there. They want to present. They want to do a lot of the talking. But that's not the, the best approach, is it? I mean, you have to sort of fight the urge to jump in. Is that right? It, oh, my gosh. That is so right. You know what's really interesting is when you – I'll give you like a little I'm, – I'm really geeky when it comes to sales <laughs> and science, right? <laughs> so, and then I'll hit the listening part as to, to why this is important. Sure. When you allow someone to talk about themselves, right, the brain actually creates a dopamine effect. And so that's why we actually all like talking about ourselves because it makes us feel good. It's a, it's a whole, there's a whole science behind it. So when you think about listening, when you're asking someone a question about themselves or the scenario, the best thing you can do is just ask a very open question and then just let them talk. Because not only is it going to make them feel like you're listening to them and that you've, they've been heard, which helps build the relationship, it actually creates a, a dopamine effect. So they're going to feel good about how you're making them feel. Right? right. But now when you think about taking that, that next step in thinking about listening, there's three different ways or forms of listening. And so multitask listening is what most of us do 85% of the time, right? We, we just, we're driving our car, we're listening to the radio, or we're driving our car and we're, you know, listening to the GPS. And so we're, we're, we're multitasking and that's how we're listening. There's another way to listen, which is called focus. And so, like you and I right now, we're on the phone, and I'm listening to you. I'm focused 100% on what Dave is saying. Mm -hmm. But being focused, the the type of listening when we talk about being focused, I may be listening to you, but I'm also thinking about other things that pertain to you. So I could be thinking, oh, I wonder where Dave's located, or, you know, I wonder where Dave's from, or I can hear an accent in Dave's voice. So I'm, I'm thinking of other things that pertain to Dave. 
But the real way that you want to listen, and again, what's going to separate the good from the great, is that you want to be able to actively listen. And actively listening simply means that I am 100% focused on only what's coming out of your mouth. That's it. I'm not thinking about other things that pertain to you. I'm not thinking about what I'm having for dinner tonight. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm only thinking about and listening to what's coming out of your mouth. What's really interesting is most people aren't trained on that. But if you get that skill, it will make sales so much easier because I don't have to think about ask you a question so then I can have you hurry up and answer so I can ask the next question. I don't have to do all that, right? right. All I have to do is ask you a question, be 100% zoned into what you're saying, and naturally the conversation, the client begins to guide the conversation. The client begins to get themselves down a road that they, in fact, can actually close themselves, right? Yeah. Because you're just listening to what's being said. Not You're not listening for, you know, I want to listen so I can get ready to say what I want to talk about next, which is probably your features and benefits. Sure. You know, I would think to go along with this idea of being a good listener, you have to know how to ask good questions, right? So, so what mm -hmm. are those open-ended type questions that can lead to good conversations and lead you to become a better listener? Right. So, you know what's really interesting is the best questions really are going to start with why, what, and how, right? Yeah. So, the more open-ended we can leave it, the better off. But one thing I would say, and, and this is this is something that I, I love to, to train salespeople sales <laughs> on, is the fact that like, Todd had way too much coffee today, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is, is the fact that it's really all about when we're asking someone the question, we're trying to get them to relive the situation. Right. And so, you know, let me, let me give you why I say that. At the end of the day, everybody's busy. Like, there's nobody on this planet these days that's just not super busy, you know, grinding and out, running at 100 uh, miles an hour. So with that in mind, if someone's going to give you their time, whether it's via email or face-to-face -face meeting or phone call, whatever, there is a need that they have, and the only reason they're spending time with you is they really do believe that your product or service, there's something that you've got that could actually help them with this pain point. They may not be able to articulate it. They may not necessarily know exactly what it is. They just know something doesn't feel right. That's why they're giving you some time. Most executives, 95% of their time is spent communicating. So what that means for us as salespeople is, one, we better come correct, right? We better come where we're able to communicate with them in the way that they want to be communicated with because they don't have a lot of time. We also have to be really, really good at being able to listen. And then we have to be able to ask those questions that are going to get to the core of why you've given me any of your time in the first place. And so I don't like surface questions. You know, I can ask a basic question, but the, really the key is to get down to that emotional. I want to ask a question that gets my buyer or my prospect to literally sit in silence for a second and go, huh, I never thought about that. Or, yeah, that's an interesting point. Or, you know, and the only way I'm going to do that is I've got to strike an emotion, right? I have to get off that surface logical stuff and get into the emotional part of it. So I'll give you an example, Dave. Um, you know, my background is aviation, whether it be on the airline side or private jet side. And so I'm, I'm an aviation girl. And when I was on the airline side, you know, on-time performance was always a really big factor, right? Sure. And so what we would do is when meeting with uh, clients, especially corporate clients, on-time performance really meant a lot to them. And so I remember sitting down, uh, doing a joint call with one of my salespeople, and, um, you know, the, we were meeting with a big customer, and the, the, well, he was a big prospect, and he was a big company, but they were currently with a different provider. And so he was meeting with us because that current provider, you know, their claims were always delayed, and so, you know, he just was, he was tired of it. 
So my, my, my salesperson went into asking a good question, which is, you know, may I ask what it is that, you know, that it has you allowing us to meet today and says, listen, XYZ Courier, they're always late on this particular route and I'm tired of it. Huh. So my salesperson jumps into, oh, well, then, you know, well, let us show you and she looks out a report on how, you know, that carrier is at 94.9%, but we're at 5%, you know, 95% on time performance. And so she went down that route. Now, there was nothing wrong with that. Right. But, you know, the, quite frankly, the next carrier could have came in and said, we're at 96% on time performance. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, now our whole thing is done. But from there, when, when I could see where she was going, I stopped the conversation. I said, can I ask you, you know, I, so-and-so has just shown you the fact that we're at 95%, and that's fantastic. But I'm really curious, when you're uh, folks are delayed, what does that actually do to the business? And so now the guy's talking about it. Well, you know, then that means the other people, they've got to stay later because they've got to, you know, the other team can't get in. And Okay, so what does that do? You know, what is that like for you? Well, it's frustrating because then I've got people calling me from all over the place and they want to leave and they want to get to their kid's soccer game, but they can't because the other team hasn't gotten in. And then what does that mean for you? Like, what are some of the non-financial I get there's the financial impact, but what's the non-financial impact? Well, I've got pissed off employees, and what does that do for morale? But now I'm getting to the core, right? right? Now, if the next carrier comes in and says, we have 96%, which most salespeople would do, they're going to think, okay, well, that's great. You know, I've got one at 95%, one at 96%. But really what we've heard is the fact that it's not about that 1%. It's about the fact that he's got a, a morale issue because people are sick of carrying other people's weight because, you know, the airline can't get him there on time. And then there's the financial uh, thing. And it, quite frankly, he's embarrassed. You know, so that's the issue, right? And so when you think about listening and asking questions and leaving the questions really open with the why and the what and the how, it's because we're trying to get to the emotional issue as to why are we really here? And that then helps me sell the product and talk about how we're going to differentiate ourselves. Yeah, it's a big deal. It totally is a big mm -hmm. deal. You know, we've talked about some good separators, things that separate the good from the great. I think another separator is this idea um, of confidence. You know, being mm. confident is, is really tricky for people, especially, I think, and you, you could tell me better than, than I could know, being a woman. Mm -hmm. Being confident yeah. as a salesperson, as a woman, without coming across as too pushy. How do you do that, Stephanie? Yeah, you know, confidence is key, right? Because whether you're a salesperson or an attorney or a doctor, you know, no one wants to deal with people who aren't confident. We just don't. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to. I don't want a pilot who's got security issues. Sure. You know, yeah, <laughs> right? Totally. I want you to feel like you truly are. You're the man or you're the woman, right? And so the same is true when we talk about sales. How you get confidence, and really, you know, it's funny, when you look up the word confidence, it really just means belief in oneself. And so how you get confidence is really through knowing your stuff. I mean, believing that you truly know what you're talking about, that you know your product, you know that it offers value to, to the right type of client, not to all clients, but to the right client. And so what's important when you think about confidence is it's not about, you know, look at me, look at me. It's really, it's really honestly, the most confident people are usually the most humble, the ones that just, you know, they walk in the room and you can feel their confidence. They haven't even said anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so confidence truly is about knowing that you know that you know, that you actually offer value or your service or your product. But, you know, we all know as salespeople, it, it's really about us first and then the product or the service that we represent is second. Sure. And so no one wants to do business and no one wants to give you money if you're not sure that what your product has to offer is really worth the money that you're asking people to give, uh, nor should they, right? I, I can't just give you respect or give you trust or 
give you. I can't do all that. You have to earn it. And so confidence is that you know what your product has to offer. You know how good you guys are in the marketplace. And you also know enough to be honest and authentic with the buyer in front of you. And so one of the things I like to do is I like to set up the clothes on the front end when I'm meeting with the client or a prospect. And, and, and it's really a confidence thing because I'm not trying to close everybody. I'm only trying to close and work with those folks that are, it's an ideal prospect or client for me. And not every customer is a prospect, you know, a great customer for me. And so with that in mind, you know, on the very beginning of the conversation, when we're first setting out, I'm going to talk about a couple of things, you know, why we're here. Thank you for meeting us once we get done with all the small talk. And we're going to talk about, you know, here's what I'm hoping to get out of the call today. I want to have a better understanding of this, that, and the other. And, you know, is there anything that you'd like to uh, have me add to this? Because I want to make sure we hit your points as well. They'll tell me whatever. And then I'll say, and at the end, once I understand what you need, if I uh, feel like based on whether it's our product or somebody else's product, I'm going to give you a couple of suggestions. And then at that point, if you feel like it makes sense for us to do business together, then I'm going to ask you about next steps. So I'm positioning the clothes on the front end sure. because at the end of the day, I'm confident that I know what my product can do. I know that I know the industry better than you, right? I'm the expert in right. this particular case. And so therefore, I've got complete confidence to hear what it is that you need and then give you a recommendation that hopefully is my product, but it may not be my product. It may be somebody else's product, right? Sure. Uh, but I'm confident enough in my capabilities and my understanding that I'm going to lead you in the right way because that actually is another way of how you build a relationship. Yeah, I think that's great advice, and you mentioned being authentic in there, too. I think that's really key. Again, we're joined today by sales coach Stephanie Chung. Stephanie, we've often heard this thought that people buy from people they like. Of course they do. It makes total sense. So is there a trick for being more likable as a salesperson? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we're in the people business, right? Yeah. We're in the relationship building people business. And so the best way to get people to like you is really, let's think about it. Everyone that you know, everyone that I know, the people that resonate with us and what we like about them usually is how they've made us feel. That's usually what we like about them. Yeah. And, you know, they may make us feel like, you know, when they're talk when we're talking to them, you can tell that they're paying attention, they're asking questions, they really care about you, so on and so forth. And so the best way to do that for salespeople is not to be uh, not authentic. You know, sometimes there's a whole myth of salespeople have to be people people, you know, and they're loud or they're uh, boisterous or they're lots of personality and all that's really good, but sometimes that's not every, that's not every salesperson. Sure. And so at the end of the day, how you get anyone to like you is really just to listen to them, to be about them. You know, it's really interesting there's a, there's a part of the brain that's all about, you know, making decisions and so on and so forth. And one of the things, it's called the reptilian part of the brain, and one of the things that's important about the reptilian part is it is self-centered. Right? It's a very self-centered part of the brain, and but it also controls the decision-making process. Okay. And so what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're actually letting people talk about themselves or their issue or what have you. That is how people, and then, of course, you want them to talk about it, but you, more importantly, you want to be able to listen to it and ask more questions, et cetera. People will like how you made them feel, and how you make anybody feel important is truly to listen to them and build a relationship and to be about them, not about you. Yeah. Stephanie, a couple more things I promise we'll let you go. I, I know from looking at your, your blog and looking at your site, you're a big believer in this idea of finding out what's important to a prospect before you actually try to sell to them. So what's that process involve? Is it research or what's the background or thinking there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, when you go back to the statistic, right, of everybody just being super busy, there's at the end of the day, people are um, 
you know, with, especially with the Internet, 87% of all deals are, uh, or at least all sales calls made, the client has already looked you up, they know about your value proposition, they've seen your website, they've done a lot of their own research. But what that means is we also have to come in just as prepared, right? Yeah. So we need to do the research, we need to understand what's important to the to the buyer, we need to understand as much about the buyer as we possibly can. So whether that's using social media or LinkedIn or, you know, who do you know that knows that person so you can get some insight about who they are as a person, not just what they do, but who are they really, right? Yeah. Um, understanding and being trained in our communication style will absolutely help because it will help you spot some of those things. But then also just being able to truly understand, you know, not just about, again, them, but I like to go and I like to do a lot of research about their business. You know, what's going on in their business? Is the business up or down, right? Is the business making money? Is it losing money? Do they have a new leadership team? What are those pain points that the, the person that I'm meeting with is actually going through? I need to be able to empathize with them. So it's not about just the product that I'm selling. It's really about, well, why do we need this? And what is that going to do based on where their company's at, you know, fiscally or market share wise? Or, you know, it's really about being an educated salesperson. Long gone are those days that we just walk in and throw up all kind of features and benefits and value propositions and all that stuff, right? Yeah. It's really, we really need to be a partner with our uh, prospects. And so the best way, again, it goes back to understanding their business, knowing what's going on with them. There's no excuse these days not for, for, no, for a salesperson not to be completely well-versed into that company's culture and understanding and information and background and, you know, to know that stuff. So when you go in there and you're talking about, uh, you know, the, what you have to offer, you actually can position it in a way that makes sense for them based on what they're going through. Yeah, it goes back to so this idea of, of tailoring the approach, it sounds like. You have to tailor each time. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny, once you know the different communication styles, there's certain things that you can look up, you know, look at on the web, and it will give you a good idea about the person's style, strangely yeah. enough, right? So if you're looking at a headshot and the person's got every hair in place and, you know, their, their buttons all the way buttoned up to the top and just everything looks perfect, well, that's probably one style that's going to be focused on the details, you know, right? Yeah. But if you're looking at their headshot and they've kind of, you know, they're kind of, doing something silly and quirky and fun, well, that's something else. So there's a lot of information that you can get that will help you and get you prepared. And when you walk into their office as well or you're looking at their email, when someone sent you an email, their email is very, very telling. If I send you an email, I can assure you, Dave, it's not going to be paragraph and paragraph and paragraph. It will be a couple of bullet points, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to get to the point. You know and, me well. But for you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you read that, you know, okay, when I have her on the phone, let's, you know, get to the point and talk in bullet points, right? <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of things that you can do when you have the understanding about the, the basis of communication. Sure. Listen, Stephanie, you've been great. We so much appreciate your time. Leave us with one final tip something that people who are listening to this can go and use right now today. Oh, great. Well, I would say know your stuff. You know, it, it's, it's not enough to be a people person. It really, I absolutely hate that saying. It, it really is you have to know your stuff and not just about your product. You know, we expect you to know your product, your service, and your industry. But you also want to just never stop learning. Understand communication skills. Understand the science behind sales. If, you're, if this is your profession, and though we're not required like doctors or attorneys to keep getting certified, but we should be. 
right? Yeah. You know, know your stuff. Understand what value it is that you bring to the table, and that will not only boost your confidence, but it will also help you build long-term relationships with clients because it's not just about getting a new customer. It's about also retaining a current customer and then getting those customers to be your brag team to tell all their friends about you and your service and how great you are. So truly, school's never out for the pro. Always be looking how can you tweak and sharpen your game. All right, there you have it. Some great advice from Stephanie. Stephanie, if people want to reach you and maybe get some more tips, how can they go about and do that? Absolutely. So stephaniechung.com, I'm social, I'm media, you know, I'm LinkedIn and Facebook and all that stuff, but really the best resources go directly to my website. I've always got a ton of free information out there, and it's stephaniechung.com. All right. We'll be sure to do that. Again, our thanks to Stephanie. We thank you for listening. This, again, has been the Advantages Experts Podcast. I'm Dave Agnoni. Have a great day.